0: The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of My Stress Alarm. If you're in the U.S., I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're not in the U.S., I still hope you had a wonderful week. There are many, many things to be thankful for. And the older I get, the more thankful I am for the quote-unquote small things. But anyway, I think it was a couple episodes ago I was explaining why I categorized this podcast and the My Stress Alarm app under health and wellness or health and fitness. But I really consider it much more of a productivity app. And the main reason why is because I'm focused on not just stress in general, not just chronic stress in general, but specifically overworking and how that contributes to your overall stress level. Now, when it comes to deciding what your workload is going to be that day on a particular day, you want to put all your stresses into one bucket. Why? Because at that moment in the morning when your day's just starting, you need to know where you are stress-wise in relation to your threshold. In plain English, you need to know how close you are to triggering symptoms. At that moment, it doesn't matter how you got there. The question now is what to do about it today. Do you stick to your current workload, basically stay the course and accept the risk today? Or do you try to reduce your workload somehow or take other steps to reduce stress in an effort to stay under your threshold and avoid triggering symptoms? It doesn't matter at that moment that part of what is contributing to your stress is you're upset because you had a falling out with someone, or you're not sleeping well because of allergies, or the holidays are coming up and there's a million things you still need to do, or you couldn't say no to a friend when they asked you to help them out with something, even though you honestly really didn't have the time, or that you're moving residences soon and need to start packing, and all that uh, logistics stuff, or you're getting ready to go on a long trip, or you have a job interview coming up, or some other situation. It, there, there's countless things that can contribute to your stress level on any given day. But again, none of that matters at the moment because today hasn't happened yet. And even though you may not have a lot of control over how you spend your time today, you probably have some control. And I can't emphasize enough how just resting 15 more minutes during the day, not even all at once, but it has to be true resting. You can't multitask resting, right? And maybe if you can get ready for bed just 15 minutes earlier than you normally do, a little here, a little there can make all the difference. And even the quality of your sleep, there's bedtime routines. There's things that you can do to help improve your sleep. So I'd say you have some control there as well. The point is that while each and everything that contributes to your stress should be looked at and, and addressed as much as possible, at that moment, it only matters where is your stress level in relation to your threshold because you don't want to trigger a flare. You don't want to have that on top of everything else you're dealing with, right? Now, I concede that there are times when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, And it might make more sense to stick with your current workload and and take the risk, even if the risk is high, that you'll trigger symptoms. Now, it's not guaranteed that you'll trigger symptoms. Chronic stress monitoring is not an exact science, so maybe you'll get lucky. Um, It's not an ideal situation to be in, though. It's a dilemma. And I've talked about some common situations that might be dilemmas. Can't remember which episodes, but family events and chunking. Comes to mind from a productivity standpoint. But here's the thing if you can make time to see the doctor after you flare, if you can make time to get whatever treatments after you flare, if you can make time to rest after you flare, then you can certainly make some adjustments preemptively, which will undoubtedly be less painful, less expensive, and in general cause less disruption to your life than going through an actual flare, right? And by flare, I mean generally any onset of symptoms. It doesn't have to be from an autoimmune disorder or something you've been diagnosed with. Um, It could just be heartburn or attention headache or something like that. And I have suggestions I like to offer for what to do when you're approaching your threshold. In fact, I did a whole episode on it all the way back to episode three, what to do when approaching your stress threshold. And by the way, a lot of these episodes I do, do not get stale over time. They are just as relevant today as they as the day I recorded them. Now, I know that naturally we tend to look for the fresh content. But in my case, it's, it really is just as relevant uh, the day I recorded it. But I understand, you know, people are not going to sift through, you know, all these past episodes, which is why I tend to repeat myself. As time goes on, because I figure if, I, if a thought or, or idea is in a current episode, more people will hear it uh, than if I just left it up to them to go back and listen to older episodes. But anyway, I digress. But the great thing about chronic stress monitoring is that it allows you to target those adjustments more precisely to minimize disruption to your schedule. And so we come full circle now talking again about your schedule and your work, and your goals, and being productive on your goals. Because if you're flared up, whatever it may be, obviously it's going to slow you down. Now, you know how they say devil's in the details, right? Well, when it comes to achieving goals, especially ambitious ones, I think you'll find that there's really a lot of smaller goals in that larger goal, and a lot of little pieces that make up those smaller contributing goals as well. A lot of little pieces that go into making your dreams a reality. Some are just necessary evils, but nevertheless, you have to become proficient at it, whatever is required. But those little pieces that all fit together need to be acknowledged and respected for their contribution to the overall process. Each piece needs your undivided attention and focus to get it right, and to refine it over time so you eventually have this well-oiled machine. The more you do that from beginning to the end of the process, whatever you're creating is building value. So for example, let's say you're starting a side business like I am. Each part of that business, from all the internal processes to marketing and advertising to bookkeeping and everything in between, you have to become proficient at. And honestly, I I wouldn't even think of finding a partner. That comes later because until you have something of value already, you don't have anything to bargain with really. Not only that, but all those little pieces are not refined yet. And so it's hard to bring someone in when you're still in the building phase as opposed to the growing phase. Once you've built something of value, even just on a very small scale, You'll attract potential partners. They'll come to you. You'll see. In my case, in building Perfect Stress and the My Stress Alarm app, I realized that I had to become proficient in three general areas. First, running a podcast. Duh. But that requires being proficient at the technical stuff, ideation, and producing the best quality content in the most efficient way possible because I don't have a lot of time or money. To hire someone else. Second, producing software as a non-technical person. Knowing the platform options available, how to find the right developers, how to structure the working agreements, project management, writing the requirements, testing, and most important, being a leader that people want to work with. Understanding situational awareness, because it's not like just buying something off a shelf, just because you pay money to a developer doesn't mean you're going to get great service out of that developer. They got other projects they're working on. There's all kinds of reasons why it might not work out. So uh, being a leader, very important. So these are all the little pieces that are important in reaching my ultimate goal. And last but not least, guesting as a subject matter expert, a salesperson, which to be, to be proficient at includes understanding the conversation flow, knowing the kinds of questions on people's minds when you talk about your idea. So you can blend the answers into your talking points at just the right moments to minimize confusion and maximize their attention to you. And that takes practice and having a whole bunch of conversations under your belt to understand how other people think about your solution which is really important because I'm too close to the solution myself to really have an objective understanding of how other people think of it, at least initially. It also takes having well-developed positions on certain topics because one of the main things that people want to know, especially your indirect competitors is how your solution fits into the existing marketplace. It also takes using lean content to explain things. In other words, using just the right words at just the right time, being as conversational as possible, using technical words only when necessary. Also, as far as spreading the word, knowing how to approach bigger podcasts and other hosts, which shows and topics would be a good fit. So most of what I just listed out, I had no idea in the beginning I was getting into because I'm more of a visionary. So I see the future, but I'm not so good with how to get there. Execution is my Achilles heel, and on my journey, I've learned the most about execution. But anyway, starting a side business is just one type of goal. The same requirement for paying attention to details, things directly and indirectly related to a goal, goes for earning a degree, climbing the corporate ladder, losing weight, taking on some physical challenge, getting more involved in your kids' activities, and The list goes on. And a lot of times you have more than one goal on your plate at a time. So it's that much more important to brace yourself. Don't get frustrated. Just take one thing at a time and figure out what you need to do to get it done more efficiently and effectively. Then move on to the next thing and then the next and so on. Then come back when you thought of something else while you're in the shower or whatever that can improve the process and keep building and building and building until you have a well-oiled machine, even if it's a really small machine, and now you've created something of real value. That can take years, by the way. It could take five times longer than someone else, depending on your resources. That's reality. No need to get down on yourself or, or be uh, spiteful or or any of those other emotions that can come up. A lot of what I discussed today is also related to episode 74, avoiding pitfalls and stresses of working with others, and episode 76, overcoming obstacles. So you may want to check those out as well if you haven't already, or perhaps listen to them again. Well, that's going to be it for this week. That's my two cents, as I say. I really do value your feedback. Please don't be shy. You can post a comment on the Perfect Stress Facebook page. Always feel free to email me directly at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. That's it for this week. Stay safe and wishing you good health and success. Thank you very much for listening. Have you ever felt like you pushed yourself so much that it actually affected your health, either physically or mentally? If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, My Stress Alarm might be just the solution for you. It takes just a minute a day to use, and in no time you'll be walking that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. That's My Stress Alarm, available on both iOS and Android. No wearables or sensors needed. So why not give My Stress Alarm a try today? Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, don't let stress get in the way of success.